You're listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. For more information, please visit our website at everynationgta.org. Good morning again. My name's Sheila, in case we haven't met, and I am really privileged to be part of the pastoral team here with my husband and Aaron and Richard at Every Nation GTA. So welcome, and uh, we are continuing our Advent series. We... The title of the series is The Promised King. Well, how are you? Like, really? No, really, how are you? Uh, it's a bit of a hard question to answer these days. I answer, oh, I'm fine, and I am kind of fine, and you're probably kind of fine, too. And But um, we, and we've settled in. Right, life's we've got some kind of normal, and life looks different. Work looks different. School for our kids, and sports, and things, and jobs are, are a little different, and and the future's still uncertain. And 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 yeah, we're fine. But um, oh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast, and the presenter on the podcast posed a question, something like, um, what are you clicking on these days? So on your social media feed or your news apps, or if you, if you like Reddit, or maybe, maybe you just get the newspaper. What do you, what do you, what are you clicking on? What are you looking for? Um, and what is what I'm clicking on? Just what, maybe an indication of what's going on in my heart right now. Uh, what are what am I excited about? What am I hoping for? What still worries me? What what am I still fearing? So I thought about it. I realized at that time I was clicking on COVID numbers. I, I do it obsessively every day um, here and some you know some other places where my kids live and and uh, in the last two weeks. Since the news came out in South Africa, I have been watching travel restrictions. We are, our daughter is planning to come for Christmas and it's been a couple of years and I come from the U.S. and I knew people who were trying to travel to Africa. And so I realized, yeah, what do I click on? I click on, I had a hope that, that I have hope that my daughter can come. So I'm clicking on things that might get in the way of that. And, and, um, I, I still have some fears for the future and, and uh, what about you? What are you clicking on these days? Travel restrictions, COVID numbers, variants, um, trying to figure out how to pronounce that Omicron, Omicron, oh, oh, that one. And Delta was way easier to say. Um, how about climate change? I realized in the beginning of November, I think one of the world leaders were meeting to talk about climate change, which I take seriously. I think God wants us to look after the earth, but I did not have the capacity to open a new story on climate change because I'm in the middle of a global pandemic. And what about things, social justice or injustice? Are those the things that you gravitate towards because they weigh heavy on your heart or because maybe you have some hope that things might be on the horizon that are going to change? And then I was thinking about mortgage rates and house prices. And every time I see house prices going up, I get super happy because I'm a homeowner. And then I get, oh, I know so many people who wish they could buy a home and that's not good news for them. And uh, job prospects in your field. How many of you, um, I think, what are we calling this right now? The great resignation. How many of you have toyed with the idea of changing jobs? And so maybe you're looking for things in your field. Or maybe it's just distractions. 
maybe you go to things and you end up spending time on things that you wish you hadn't spent time on. And um, early on, a few weeks ago, I had, again, I listened to a lot of podcasts, so I had listened to something and I thought, um, okay, true confessions here. One of your pastors, um, I really like Candy Crush. And I would probably be embarrassed to put my Candy Crush stats up there for you. Mm -hmm. And my kids kind of tease me. And I felt like for Advent, I was to give up my um, the games that I play on my phone. I play word games and Sudoku and other things, too. And I told my daughter-in-law, I said, you know, most people give up things for Lent. But I really think this year for Advent that I'm supposed to lay down my phone and set aside a distraction and maybe do something a little more productive, like read a book. So, um, yeah, what about you? Uh, It was October 21st. This was the headline. Ontario sets a hopeful end date for the pandemic two years after it began. And there was our premier, Doug Ford, saying, hey, guys, uh, by January, we're going to lift some of the um, the restrictions on things like restaurants and providing your QR code. And by March, we might be able to, we're planning to, I think the date was March 28th, to go mask-free. And then uh, Friday morning, this was what I woke up to. Ontario set to announce stronger COVID-19 measures for proof of vaccination. Are you getting a little weary? Are getting? It's been 20 months, Sheila, 21 months. Getting weary? Are we just straight weary? And... uh, so here we are, we're coming into the Advent series. And, you know, we, we, we put our hope in some things and some of them have, we see, and, and it's not wrong to put hope in, in our politicians making good choices or our scientists making great discoveries. Um, but even in that, don't we know that there has to be something over and beyond and above so heading into the Advent series, I like the, not series, forget that, heading, heading just into the season personally, I started to think just from my own heart and soul, how do I need to see Jesus this Advent? What do I need to hear in my heart, not here with my ears, but what do I need to hear deep inside me in these troublesome and wearisome days? What do I need to hear? What aspect of who Jesus is? Because he's a lot of things. He's got a lot of names and references and descriptives, but what part of that this year does my heart need to hear? And I realized I needed to hear like the great Christmas carol, he rules the world with truth and grace. I needed the reminder, and I still need the reminder, heading into 2022, I need the reminder of Jesus as my king. We've talked, a a number of our sermons in the last 20 months have had Dietrich Bonhoeffer quotes because they just seem pretty relevant right now. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German pastor in um, prior to World War II and uh, ended up imprisoned and put to death actually shortly before the war ended. But here's one of the things that um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote. 
from prison. A prison cell like this is a good analogy for Advent. One waits, hopes, does this or that, ultimately negligible things, the door is locked and can only be opened from the outside. A prison cell as an analogy for Advent, that season of waiting. A long time before that, in fact, back in 1928, when Bonhoeffer was only 22 years old, he preached a sermon coming into the Advent season, and he said this. I'm only going to put a bit of it up on the screen for you. So he said this, not all can wait, certainly not those who are satisfied, contented, or feel that they live in the best of all possible worlds. Those who learn to wait are uneasy about their way of life and yet have seen a vision of greatness in the world of the future and are patiently expecting its fulfillment. Now pay attention to this. The celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul and who know themselves to be poor and imperfect and who look forward to something greater to come. Bonhoeffer finished off by saying these words, For these, it is enough to wait in humble fear until the Holy One Himself comes down to us. God in the manger. God comes. So, a prison cell is an analogy for Advent, a place where you have to wait for something that's really beyond any capacity you have to see change. Seems like relevant words for this season living through many things, but especially a global pandemic, that we wait. We wait for things to change that are beyond what we have any control over. So, on to our series and our scripture for this morning. Our Advent series, The Promised King. This Sunday, we're going to think about the word gold and what gold represents. So, let's read from Matthew chapter 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he? who was born king of the Jews. For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And then we're going to skip a few verses and finish. After, after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men, they came looking for a king, and they found a king. And they offered him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh, and last week, Aaron talked about frankincense and so much symbolism there, but seeing Jesus as, as our, our priest in his role coming before the father, interceding between us and God, um, the priest that, that brought the final sacrifice that never again would a sacrifice need to be made. And next week, 
um, I'm looking forward to Richard talking about that gift of myrrh. And myrrh was actually used in embalming. Um, what, uh, what a sobering thought that this child in the manger was born to die. Today, we're going to look at gold. And gold was the gift brought to a king. It acknowledged his royalty, his um, dignity, his authority, Jesus coming into the world as Christ the King. There's a scripture I love, and it's about Mary, and it's from it's recorded in the book of Luke after the shepherds came to her. And it's just something like, um, you know, she heard the words the shepherds said about the fact that angels directed them to come and see her child. And she says, Mary, the, she said, the Bible says, um, Mary treasured up these things in her heart and pondered them. And I think Mary had a lot of things to treasure and ponder because sometime after that, three guys, well, we don't know that it's really three, but looks good on, on your nativity scene. But these men, these wise men came and they bowed before her child and brought them gifts, probably things that Joseph and Mary had never held in their hands before, frankincense and gold and myrrh. And I'm sure these were more things that Mary tucked away and treasured in her heart. Because remember, the angel came to Mary. And what did the angel say about her, this son that was going to be born so miraculously? He said, he will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. I will raise up offspring. Oh, sorry, wrong, wrong verse. Uh, yeah, the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom of his kingdom. There'll be no end. Mary had lots of things to treasure and ponder on her heart. And some of it was about mm, this place on the throne of David in the kingdom of God that this child was destined to hold. Um, so I want to look at a few words today. A few thoughts, a few ideas, actually 10 of them. You say, how long are we going to go here? No, no, no. We're going to breeze through some, some things from the prophet Isaiah, because the prophet Isaiah had a lot of things 700 years before the birth of Christ, 700-ish, I don't know exactly how many, but um, that he spoke and words he used to describe this coming king and what this king would be like. And seriously, in this Advent season, as we're thinking about Christ, our king, I think there's words that in this season, preparing for the comfort and the arrival of our Savior, I think there's things that my prayer is will hit that spot in our heart. What am I looking for in Advent? Not just words to hear with my ears, but something where God meets me in my heart. So let's start with Isaiah 9, a prophetic word often we read and hear in the, in the Advent season. Isaiah 9 says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. 
the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. I like that word zeal. Ah, it just sounds like passionate and God's pretty excited about doing this, about accomplishing what he had planned from the beginning of time. Here's the message version of just a little por portion of that scripture. He'll take over the running of the world. His names will be amazing counselor, strong God, eternal father, prince of wholeness. His ruling authority will grow and there'll be no limits to the wholeness he brings. So who is this king? Who is this king that the prophet Isaiah foretold? Well, we just heard he's going to take over the ruling of the world. And he's going to bring wholeness with no limits. He's going to take over the ruling, the running of the world. He's going to bring wholeness with no limits, no boundaries, no limits. He's going to render justice. He's going to render decisions with justice. Let me read this to you. Um, from Isaiah 11, it says, uh, with righteousness, he'll judge the poor. It says he'll decide with equity. Equity, that, that word just holds so much of a sense of fairness. He'll judge with equity for the meek of the earth. Those of you who are clicking on social justice links. Um, again, the, the message says it like this. He'll judge the needy by what is right and render decisions on the earth's poor with justice. What else does Isaiah say about this king? He says, he's a ruler you can depend on. I showed those, you know, I, hey, our, our, our provincial and our national world leaders, they're doing what they can right now. But, you know, their judgments made with limited amounts of information. So October 21st, it, we're taking the masks off. And uh, by December, we're keeping those masks on for a while. But Jesus, he's, he's the king who's a ruler you can depend on. Isaiah said it like this. A throne will be established in steadfast love. I love the word steadfast because it just sounds like it is immovable. It's not going anywhere. And the throne that God established through King Jesus, it's established on steadfast love. It's not going anywhere. Um, and on it will sit, he'll sit in faithfulness, Isaiah said. Once again, the message says this, he's a ruler you can depend on. A ruler you can depend on will head the government. A ruler passionate for justice. A ruler quick to set things right. This king is steadfast. He's steadfast. What else is this king? Who is this king? Well... Once again, Isaiah, behold, a king will reign in righteousness, Isaiah said in verse 32, and his princes are going to rule in justice. 
And each one will be a hiding place, it says, from the wind, a shelter from the storm. Ah, the king who brings shelter from the storm. Like streams of water in a dry place. Do you need some refreshing right now in dry places of your life? This is the king who brings shelter from the storm, who brings water in the dry places. How about this? He brings shade in a weary land. This king, this promised king brings shade in a weary land. Weary is kind of one of my words right now. With the way things have changed and the unpredictability and what does the future hold and our ups and downs, yeah, I'm weary. And I'm looking to the king who brings shade, covering and protection in a weary land. I love the next one. And to be honest, when I was preparing and looking at King Jesus, this was probably the one that just for me, maybe another one's going to be what you need to hear today. But for me, this was the one I needed. I'm going to read I'm going to read a good chunk of Isaiah 42. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I will put my spirit in him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. But here's my part. Here's my piece. Here's my chunk. A bruised reed he will not break. And a faintly burning wick he will not quench. The message says it like this. He won't brush aside the bruised and the hurt. And he won't disregard the small and the insignificant. But he'll steadily and firmly set things right. Who's this king we're looking to? He doesn't brush aside the bruised and the hurt. And he steadily and firmly, steadily and firmly is setting things right. That bruised and hurt thing or the, the bruised wick that he doesn't break or that, uh, the smoldering wick that he's not going to extinguish. You know, sometimes I look at where my heart and emotions are. I look at my husband. I look at my kids. I look at people I love and who are dear to me. And I feel like, oh, are we a little bit bruised and broken right now? And what? Yeah, Jesus is the one who's never going to snap off that bruised reed. He's not going to break us. And if you feel like, you know, just that flame in your soul, it's kind of a pretty picture. we got a lot of candles around us here, and sometimes the candle will flicker. Well, Jesus is not the one who's going to come and put that candle snuffer on there. But he's going to be the one that pokes around there and helps that light to burn again. He's going to steadily and firmly set things right. So what message did I need to hear this year? I needed to be reminded that there's there's one. There's the one who rules the world. There's the one who's setting things right. There's the one who's over all and through with justice and equity and fairness. He's there. He's not unaware. Okay, so let's get practical here in our last couple minutes together. Great, Sheila, what am I supposed to do with this? Well, I need to embrace these things daily. 
daily I need to remind myself when I click on a news headline, and maybe some days I need to take breaks from that, I need to remember that there is one over and above king of the universe who's got this. He wasn't taken by he wasn't shocked. He wasn't taken by surprise. He's actually kind of used to global pandemics. They've happened before in his life. Um, maybe not in ours. So I need to daily say, uh, like that father who came to Jesus with a sick child. Jesus said, do you believe? He said, Lord, I believe, but you got to help my unbelief daily. How about creatively? This year, I've spent a fair amount of time listening to some old Christmas carols from beginning to end, because there's lots of great things like um, We Three Kings. Well, okay, maybe there weren't three, three, but gold I bring to crown him again. Ah, yes, there's a king. How about the wise men from in the first Noel? The three wise men, sorry, uh, came from a country afar to seek the king was their intent and to follow that star wherever it went. Maybe I'd need to creatively remind myself through carols, through reading of the word, through dialogue with other others that I'm going to follow that star. Eh, not just the star, but the one the star is shining on. That king, wherever he goes and wherever he takes me. How about the simplicity of just saying, Jesus, help me. Uh, just as I close today, I had dinner just about a week and a half ago with both a good friend, a good friend that I've known since I was 19 or 20. We used to live together. And we were talking because we've known one another a long time and how the journey of our Christianity and how at, um, okay, I've known her 40 years plus, so you can do the math. I won't disclose how old myself or my friend are, but how sometimes at this stage in our life, we realize even the simplicity of a prayer like help. One word, passion before the Lord, help. Um, maybe it's simple. Maybe it's creatively, but definitely it's daily. Look, who do you need? What what aspect of who King Jesus is do you need in this Advent series? Finally, just one more verse from the book of Isaiah from the message translation. Who is this king? He won't tire out. He won't be stopped until his work is finished to set things right on the earth. This Advent season, look to the one. He's not getting tired. He's not weary. He doesn't quit. He won't stop. Look to him, this Advent series. Let's pray together. Father, Jesus Christ, our King, let us see some of who you are. Once again, this Advent series to carry our hearts through these troubled and worrisome times. Jesus be with us, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit our website at everynationgta.org.